When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central simpler communications fantasy today's episode is brought to you by flex fantasy and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all when you sign up for a free account and download the flex fantasy app you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at flex.fan. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Step into my office so we can read your fantasy future here on the Clairvoyant Thursday with the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thank you for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. You can also check us out on bellyup.tv or download the Foxy Network app on your Roku, LG, Samsung, or Fire TV devices and look for the Bellyup Sports TV category to catch us on demand or just stay up to date with the show while you're on the go and download us on your favorite podcast app. Please give us a five-star review. It greatly helps out the show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here my co partner in crime, Mr. Christopher Dowhauer, who's back with us on Thursday nights. And of course, to kick off the show, we got Brian Scott here, who's going to be going through all the injuries that we have left to talk about heading into week five. But I, I, I was talking to Brian about this before the show started. What is with the Thursday nights and the crazy looking concussions? I don't know, man. It's becoming a unfortunate pattern. Unfor- you know, <laughs> it's, I don't know what's I, going on. I'm saying to you, like, I've never seen somebody get up and wobble the way that Tua wobbled, you know, two weeks ago on that Sunday. And then Naeem Hines did the same thing on the first drive. Yeah, I think I think uh, it was obvious, right? I think we can all agree this time. Uh, and Literally. not surprising that they held him out, which is the right thing to do. 
Nicole's like, yeah. all right, get you off the field, get you in the locker room. We're not getting in trouble like Miami is, so we're this not going to be a, This could be an Amazon curse. Yeah, you're right. You know what? Maybe if it happens again next week, it definitely is the Amazon yeah. curse, and everybody's going to have to look out. Hey, we're more entertaining than the Thursday night game going on right now anyway, so I hope you're tuning in. Right, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to you know, downplay somebody getting a concussion, but it's, you know, this is definitely more fun than watching people just get bonked in the head and the ball just... <laughs> You know, a rugby game out there. Basically, it's not very fun. Well, yeah, it's six to three. Nothing's going on. There are a lot of fancy relevant players, so I know people are watching this game, but it's brutal. So why don't we get more uh, exciting? Well, go ahead, Chris. What's up? I was gonna say real quick. I don't know if Brian, you know, if he's able to kind of figure out if people had past lives or something. But what's going on, with Russell Wilson? Was he able to like transfer bodies with Geno Smith or something? Is there something going on where one's still in Seattle, one went to Denver? Because wow. This Could have something bad. to do with the altitude. Maybe, uh, maybe the altitude's getting to him. He hasn't quite adjusted yet. We are a medical expert. Brian. Is there, is there cloning? Something. Did they do some cloning? Did they do a little mix and match? <laughs> maybe he's just a West Coast guy and he doesn't belong in the middle of the country. I don't know. That's hardly a move, but let's get into it. <laughs> Injury inquiries. Oh. 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 Okay. So enough of the fun and games. We got to get all technical and serious when we talk about the injury inquiries. Uh, let's kick it off, though, with maybe some good news. Dak Prescott, you know, getting closer. What, what do you think about the update on him right now, Brian? Uh, last I heard, uh, he's still having trouble gripping the ball, so he's not quite ready to get back in there yet. Um, it's kind of what we thought was going to happen. Uh, you know, that's why four weeks was a little optimistic. Uh, I'm still sticking to my original prediction, which was five to six. Um but sounds like he's getting close. Uh, they still haven't, you know, talked about putting him in on the IR. So I think they're kind of committed now to getting him out there as soon as possible. But it doesn't sound like it's happening this week. Well, I'll tell you what, as long as he's back by week seven, I'll be happy because I have Jalen Hurts in a league. And I would really like Dak Prescott to be my quarterback during his bye week. Let's talk about his wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb. We were just joking about this before we went on the show, too. So <laughs> he gets listed with a groin injury. He's limited in practice. My heart leaps out of my chest because I'm thinking he just picked up a groin injury in the middle of practice. And he comes out later on and says, no, 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 I'm fine. My GPS was just too high. And I'm sitting there for the life of me trying to figure out what in the hell he's talking about. And then Chris kindly explained what he was talking about. I thought it had to be a medical term, but it wasn't. Right, Chris? I don't know. They're basically, you know, they're tracking their steps, making sure that they're not going to get injured. That's the big kind of way for guys that you're making sure they're monitoring their practice reps, how many, you know, stretching things. You don't want to kind of push your body too much. CD has a lot of soft tissue injuries. So I think that Dallas is just trying to, you know, use that money they make on Jerry's world wisely and try to make sure that they're preventing to keep their, their Porsche out there. I mean, technology in the NFL when it comes to health stuff has been around forever, uh, especially in the medical field. It's not nothing new. In fact, a lot of these NFL guys become guinea pigs for some of these new medical technology stuff. So it's not surprising to hear that if they use those things, how much stock they put in them, though, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, maybe he did tweak his groin, but it sounds like he's going to be fine. He was actually quoted as saying, I'm, I'm good to go this week. Um, he did some limited stuff on the side today. Him and Dak actually working with the training staff. Didn't seem like he was too worried about it. And, uh, you know, maybe they are relying more on those GPS numbers uh, than, than most people do, but doesn't sound serious. Yeah, whatever the case may be, just show up on Sunday because we got a great, great matchup. We'll talk about more about that later on in the show. Uh, Chris, there was a comment that I did want to kind of get into a little bit here because we talked a couple weeks ago, and we've been saying this for almost a year now, there are more and more teams kind of using Thursday as the new Wednesday. So when you see guys pop up on the injury report and stuff on Thursdays, we're not usually as concerned. 
But this group of guys, I'm going to list off for Brian to comment on. Tyreek Hill quad, Deontay Johnson hip. I was going to throw CD Lamb in there, but Gerald Everett picks up a hamstring injury. When this happens and they're limited in practice, it leads me to believe it happened during practice, and that's a problem. So these Thursday injuries, I'm actually more concerned when I get listed as limited because now I feel like it might have happened in practice. But, uh, Brian, what do you think about those three guys this week? I'm actually not as concerned as you might be, Dan. Um, you know, at this juncture of the season, most guys have kind of hit top-notch conditioning and don't really need the repetitive reps to kind of get game ready from week to week. And especially when you start talking about a guy like Tyreek Hill, who's so dependent on his speed as a big part of his game, and he's a veteran, uh, they're not going to push them through any type of aches or pains or soreness that they have. And unless they have a known injury that occurred during the game this past weekend, I wouldn't really put too much worry behind it because they're probably just doing it all as a precaution. Most of these guys just need to be familiar with the playbook and have that knowledge um, under their belt heading into the weekend. They don't necessarily need to do the physical stuff out on the field uh, on a day-to-day basis heading into, you know, week five now. Um, most of them have met their conditioning needs and have far exceeded them, in fact. And now it's just a, a product of maintenance and just being ready on game day. Yeah, let's hope that's all it is tomorrow. Of course, we'll find out more during the Friday practice report. Make sure you're following us on social media at BillyUpMDFFShow because we'll keep you up to date with what's going on there. Uh, Kyle Pitts, though, his injury does seem legit. He did not practice two days in a row with a hamstring. What do you think about his status? Yeah, I mean, that's concerning, obviously. Uh, two days of no practice at all, not even doing anything limited, tells me that he's definitely uh, having some pain there, probably some tightness as well, maybe even spasming, probably just working with the training and medical staff, uh, doing some rehab stuff. Um, that's going to be definitely worth keeping an eye on come Friday practices and heading into game day. Chris, we need to use this injury as a memo to Arthur Smith. Say, hey, stop playing him a tackle and actually use him as a tight end and a weapon out there on the field. I mean, no, am I wrong? What the heck is going on? Yeah, I mean, look, last week was kind of a hard thing to kind of call on Arthur Smith. This it turned into a monsoon out there in Cleveland, and they basically just were able to run the ball at will. So why throw the ball? I kind of understood, but I agree with you. Kyle Pitts has not been utilized the way we kind of expected him to be, nor has kind of the, you know, this Atlanta team kind of finds group either. I think that, you know, it's coming sooner than later in a lot of senses where Atlanta is kind of figuring itself out. They're getting the running game going. They're finding glimpses of their passing attack. Once they kind of all hit all the cylinders, I think Kyle Pitts will be just fine. The injury thing is definitely concerning because this guy is definitely dependent on his speed to kind of, you know, get his, his you know, open and be able to kind of separate and make him a game changer. So, to me, that's one thing when these, these guys rely on their speed and their soft tissue injuries, I get a little nervous myself. How about Rashad Bateman dealing with a midfoot sprain? What's the prognosis from you, Brian, on that? According to Coach Harbaugh, he's day-to-day. Um, it sounds like it's some type of midfoot sprain, although they weren't really too clear about where it was um, in the foot. They just kind of said foot. Um, I haven't seen any reports that he's had any additional testing done, but he did miss his second straight day of practice. So, Something to keep an eye on for sure. There is a, a myriad of types of midfoot sprains that you can uh, suffer from. Some are definitely more serious than others. Um, so without more information, it's a little hard to predict. But the fact that they haven't done any additional testing and the fact that Harbaugh is saying he's day-to-day tells me it's probably something mild and they're just being cautious with it. But this could turn into be a true game-day decision. All right, keep your eyes on And that's the Sunday night game. So Chris and I will help you out with some guys to look out for in that scenario. And then Cordell Patterson, we just want to comment on this. Obviously, he goes in the IR, so he's out for at least the first 
four weeks. What do you think of that? Were you able to dig up anything? Because it's been very hum, very hush hush as far as like you know what the injury actually was. Sounds like he might have uh, had an injury predating this past weekend and uh, actually was limited in practice leading up to it and then got a full practice in on Friday. But it sounds like whatever was ailing him might have been happening even before this weekend's game. And whatever occurred during the game might have been kind of the icing on the cake that said, hey, let's let's if we're going to do something, we should do it now. My guess is that he had some type of arthroscopic procedure on the knee, which is why there's put him on IR, giving him four weeks to kind of rehab. I wouldn't be surprised if he might need an additional week or two after that, even though um, they sound like they're pretty confident once he comes off IR, he's going to be ready to play. Uh, but, you know, typically it's going to take at least four to six weeks sometimes to kind of regain the strength in the knee and the leg after having any type of, even if, a, if it's a minor procedure. So I'm um, not quite sure exactly what the issue was. It's my guess that it's probably some type of small meniscal tear or something that was just kind of nagging him. What about Chris Godwin? What did you think about him, how he looked in his return now that he seemed to be back and he was pretty productive? Yeah, I, I think I, I think they handled his treatments correctly. I mean, um, they gave him a couple weeks to rest. Uh, you know, coming off a hamstring injury, coming off an ACL reconstruction is not something you want to mess with. So I think they did the right thing by resting him those couple of weeks that he was out. And, you know, um, he, he looked like he might have injured his shoulder or did something else at one point on one play there uh, when they were on near the goal line. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, he looked pretty good. And then we got uh, Traylon Burks. He hurts his foot. We already think he's going to be out this week. There was talk about him going on the IR, but it sounds like that's not going to happen. So what are you thinking? Yeah, well, from what I've read, it's a turf toe injury, which essentially is a sprain to the joint uh, of the big toe where the toe meets the metatarsal. Um, and it's a very important joint. Uh, it's a very significant injury in some cases. There's different grades to that. Sounds like he has a pretty mild sprain of that joint, uh, which bodes well for him and means that usually you only have to miss about a week or two. And that's basically what they're saying. They're predicting anywhere between one to two weeks that he might be out. I don't think we're going to see him this weekend. Uh, but I think it is realistic that he could be back uh, the second week. John Dotson picks up a hamstring injury. They are already saying out one to two weeks. What, what were you seeing there? Well, so good news is it sounds like he was suffering from some tightness in the hamstring, so he may not have actually injured it. It may have been more of him recognizing a symptom and uh, in turn letting the medical staff know, and then as a precaution, they removed him uh, from the game. So um, it sounds like it they probably avoided any significant injury and it looks like they're just treating him for that tightness and getting him ready for this week. Good news there. And the last one I got for you tonight, Zay Jones trying to make his return off of his ankle injury, but what do you think his status will be? Yeah. Um, so he, he sat out uh, or actually, I'm sorry, he was limited in practice, but he sat out last week. It sounds like they're trying to ramp him up uh, toward a Friday full practice and getting him ready for a Sunday game. So uh, pay attention to that Friday practice. If he ends up practicing in full, the likelihood is that he'll play Sunday. All right, Brian, thank you as always. Uh, you, you said, unfortunately, you weren't able to do your episode because the NFL and the NFLPA didn't come to yeah. agreement today, which who's, who's surprised by that? Not me. Not but uh, where, where can we follow you at and what do you got coming up this weekend? Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of lay low this weekend. Uh, I've got some family stuff to do, but uh, I'll be uh, on TSS Fantasy at 8 o'clock Sunday morning, uh, Eastern Standard Time to do any last minute updates. Um, so you can tune in there as part of the Belly Up Network. And um, I'll, I'm going to be paying attention to this too, I think. Uh, I think there's a lot more going on the, than we probably re thought there would be at first. It sounds like the NFLPA and the NFL are in disagreements about what actually took place and whether or not the concussion protocol was actually followed. The NFLPA is saying it was not. The NFL is saying it was. And the NFL is satisfied with how things were handled, whereas the NFLPA is not. And they're very unhappy about how 
uh, their player was handled. Sounds like they want their athletes to be treated more like patients. The problem is you're talking about professional athletes who are paid millions of dollars to get out in the field to play. So you can't always treat them the same that you would a patient in the general public. So I think they're they're kind of at odds at uh, where to move forward and make the necessary changes to the concussion protocol. And so in that regard, they never released any findings or they haven't released any recommendations or changes as of yet. So we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens as this uh, unfolds. Just a real quick side note to that. There's a, there's a huge loss you know, suit going over all of this stuff. That's partly why neither side wants to kind of, you know, buck down in a sense. So I think yeah. this is also a lot of things are going on, you know, all the side. Yeah, no one's really willing to budge uh, on their stance uh, so much. Um, there there has been numerous lawsuits that have been ongoing and that have been settled, some of them um, dating back to previous players who are dealing with mental health issues and dementia stemming from what they say lack of care for concussions over the years. Uh, it's been a big thing for many years in the NFL with the NFLPA. Um, it's, it's been an ongoing thing. It's not really mentioned much, but um, in the background, it's, it's uh, very present. Well, Brian, thank you for your time. As always, I can't wait to have you back next week. Guys, make sure you're checking him out at host Brian Scott on the Injured List podcast. Good luck to you this week on your fantasy leagues. And uh, if I need any help, you just let me know. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. See you later, Brian. Again, that's Brian Scott at host. Brian Scott, the Injured List podcast. Make sure you go ahead and give him a follow. We got a couple questions, Chris, coming in before we dive into our content for today. It is the Clairvoyant Thursday, the second half fantasy football preview for week five. But let's get into a couple questions we had. And keep these keep these coming in throughout the show, guys. So real concern about Russell Wilson thoughts. Richard, I don't know what to tell you other than it's good that he used his legs a little bit more in the first half and did last week. Uh, that's the positive sign. The other positive would be that it takes time to get some chemistry with the rest of the guys. The problem is that Nathaniel Hackett is the head coach and Russell Wilson is trying to be a pocket passer, which, frankly, he is not. I mean, what, what are your thoughts, Chris? I, I can't. Well, yeah, I definitely agree with the coaching part of it, and I think there's some adjustment. But I think you know we we got week five now, so I think it's sometimes that you look some other guys are able to produce, even some of the rookies are better. You'll be able to look better than he is right now. I think the thing I point out is he hasn't looked like Russell Wilson since that injury last year. This has been what we've seen since he returned from that finger injury, and I don't know if that's something to do with it or not. But since that that point, Russell Wilson has not produced. Yeah, uh, we got another question coming in. Uh, Caden, the Colts fan. Well, no wonder you're watching this show. Uh, would you trade Mike Evans for CD Lamb? It's a tough one. It's close. I think I prefer CD Lamb in the sense of I think he'll be more consistent from week to week. He's already ahead as far as the target share goes of the top five receivers. And with everybody back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we know there's going to be games that Mike Evans kind of gets left out here and there as a result. But Having said that, Evans' big games will probably be bigger than CeeDee Lamb's big games. So it just kind of depends on your roster construction and what exactly you're looking for. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I agree with the upside. It's definitely something to take into consideration. And I also think what the scoring you're playing in, if it's a full-point PPR, I think CD is the way to go. You know that volume is going to be there week in, week out, as you kind of alluded to, while there's still a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa Bay. Yeah, and with the next note, he says, I also have Chris Godwin. So, yeah, I would definitely trade Mike Evans for CeeDee Lamb. I wouldn't want both those guys on my team get a little – you know, diversity going on there. All right, Chris, our first four matchups we're talking about for today's show for this segment is going to be the Atlanta Falcons versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tennessee Titans and the Washington Commanders. 
Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, followed up by the San Francisco 49ers and the Carolina Panthers. So let's get into our obvious starters for these four matchups. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. I don't have any elite level obvious starts at the quarterback position. I have a few lock them in, but we'll get to that in the next segment. At the running back position, I do have a few, though. I got Derrick Henry. Chris, is Derrick Henry going to continue to get five targets a game? We're going to see a whole new side of him for fantasy football purposes because that would make a lot of people really, really happy. We started seeing towards the end last or towards the before he got hurt last year, and now it started being the trend. I was really excited about that possibility going into this offseason. We didn't see it through the first couple of weeks. We see it now. I think it's going to continue. And Derrick Henry's looks you know pretty good. People wanted to write him off after week two. Glad you guys did it, probably. Yeah, that's why I told you guys to stay pat. It's also why I told you guys to try to buy him low while you could while everybody was panicking. I think the Titans are looking at this as like, look. Uh, We have one offensive identity, and that is Derrick Henry. Let's just get him the ball, come hell or high water, in any way, through the air, on the land, on through the sea. Doesn't matter. Get the ball to Derrick Henry, and it's a good strategy for them. How about James Robinson? He comes in, I believe I have him. I have the graphic up here. Yes, RB8 for me. I am loving me some James Robinson this week against the Houston Texans. Fire him up, baby. Don't think too much about it. Yeah, I mean, until you know, last week where he didn't do too much versus the Chargers, had been very productive playing at a Texans off defense. Sorry, Eagles. Thank you, Eagles defense. That you know hasn't even given up a lot of running yards. <laughs> That's just, yeah. Sorry, thank you. Exactly. Um, the Texans though defense is not has come off the trip playing the Chargers, where you saw Austin Eckler kind of go crazy versus them. That Charger offensive line is not good as Jacksonville's line is, and especially opening up holes. Seeing that obviously should get you know back on track this week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Yeah, like I said last week, like last week he wasn't a must start for me because you had the crappy weather, but you also had the Philadelphia Eagle defense. It's not a defense you can run on, guys. It wasn't going to set up. I even said, I was like, look, I think this might be more of a Travis Etienne game. And he outsnapped him by two. It didn't really matter as far as production goes, but it was kind of more of that way. You can predict which running back is going to be his game based on the game script. They're playing Houston. Pretty good chance Jacksonville's going to win this game. 
And if nothing else, it'd be a neutral game script for the majority of the game. James Robinson, a great matchup here, is going to be an RB1, so make sure he's in your lineups. I got quite a few questions about him being people's flexes, and I'm like, he shouldn't even be a question mark at this point for this week. What about Christian McCaffrey? So he's an obvious starter for me. He does come into my top six, but he's at six. It's the lowest I've had him ranked all season long. Obviously, playing in San Francisco, that defensive line is going to dominate up front against Carolina. But the saving grace could be this Baker Mayfield remove his head from his rectum and do what he did last week and actually dump the ball down to Christian McCaffrey at a high rate. Do we see that this week? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to get his head out of his ass or not, but I do know that, you know, throughout, no matter how the game script kind of unfolded, Christian McCaffrey has had that floor for you, whether it's getting a touchdown, whether it's getting through the rushing attack, whether it's through the air. Somehow, some way, he's going to do something for Carolina because he is basically their entire offense. Christian McCaffrey, to me, is one of those guys is an obvious start because he has basically unfallible. I know he's playing a tough, you know, 49er defense, but Christian McCaffrey goes so as, as Carolina goes. Or eventually, he kind of busts one loose or does something big, whether it's a passing play or a rushing attack. So, like I said, Christian McCaffrey is a guy I like in the lineup this week. Keep in mind, he wasn't even 100% last week. And the good news is he hasn't been on the injury report so far this week. But it just goes back to they weren't throwing him the ball. They finally did last week. If he's going to have his really good fantasy performance, like he typically does, they're going to have to do that again this week. More about that when we talk about DJ Moore later in the show. I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into it. Talk about my obvious starters at the wide receiver position for these matchups. I only got one, and it's Debo Samuel. He comes in at wide receiver 11 for me, so barely a wide receiver one. And that's just based on, I think a lot of guys might get involved in this game. I think we might see a lot of Jeff Wilson be able to run really well. Carolina's defense stinks. It's really underachieving. The whole team does. Chris, I've got a good question for you. Over under week 10, Matt Rule gets fired because I think they're going to quit on him soon. I don't disagree with you, but I'm going to go with the over... Somehow he seems to have nine lives in Carolina. Um, I think they might just ride out the season with him. I think there'll be a move again at the quarterback, whether it's bring the same Darnold or do something with Baker. But I think the one thing you took the defense stinking, defense doesn't stink until the fourth quarter. And it stinks in the fourth quarter mostly because by that time, it's been on the field so often and back out and back out, back out, because the offense has been so putrid. I think the defense can get better if the offense could just do something. Yeah, well, I don't think it gets any better this week. And, and just, look, I think the team is going to quit on Baker soon. And the problem is Matt Rule is going to stick with Baker because he brought him in to replace Sam Darnold. If they quit on Baker, they're going to quit on the coach because the coach is keeping the quarterback in. And I think this whole thing gets wrapped up by Thanksgiving. That's that's just me. But moving on anyway, so Debo Samuel, obviously you're playing him. We have to talk about that. And I don't have any obvious starts at the tight end position. Yes, that means I don't obviously starting George Kittle, although he will be in our next segment. Little teaser alert for let's lock him in. Lock him in. It's a lock. All right, let's start off with the quarterbacks. I do have lock him ins. I do have Tom Brady at the lock him in position. He's got his weapons back. He's coming back with a vengeance. He's pissed. He's throwing the ball. He's got a great match against Atlanta, who he always torches. Do I need to say more? He comes in my QB7 for me this week. Chris, I guess the only concern you might have with playing Tom Brady would be that they just let Leonard Fournette dominate this game, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, and Atlanta's been pretty decent versus the run until last week. Um, 
I think one thing that you're going to talk about, you saw for Tom Brady, my only concern for him is that shoulder injury he sustained. Is he, as long as he's going to, you know, is it going to affect him? This guy's getting beaten up pretty good this season. Hasn't kind of looked as spry, looked the same. But I do like the weapons being fresh. I like the fact that the Chiefs game kind of got out of control where they had to throw the ball the way they did and kind of forced them to kind of almost have like a new train camp in sense. Um, I think that they're going to come out firing. This Atlanta defense is going to be able to get pressure on him. And I think Tom Brady is going to be a great play this week. Lock him in, Trevor Lawrence. I have him as a top 12 quarterback this week. I got him at number 11 playing against the Houston Texans. He's got good weapons. He's looked better. The offense looked better. Jacksonville's actually a competent team. It's more than I could say for Houston right now. Play Trevor Lawrence. I told you guys last week, don't play him yet. People want to stream him last week against the Philadelphia Eagles in bad weather. And I couldn't understand him. Like, and then they want to get down on him when he doesn't perform. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. I don't, I don't know if people haven't caught up to this fact yet, but the Eagles are a top three defense across the board. So like, just you're not going to have as good a matchups there. This matchup here against Houston, yeah, you're looking for streaming quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is your guy. I'm locking him in my top 12. Yeah, staying away from out of this game. The Texans were like, considered a very good up-and-coming pass defense. But then he remembered, wait a minute, they played the Bears. They played Denver. <laughs> oh, and then they actually played a good quarterback Paul. last week and like, Justin no Herbert. Cares. Yeah, exactly. They played Justin <laughs> Herbert last week, and they got left for 330. Trevor Lawrence is going to do just fine. He talked the running game being good. Trevor Lawrence is fourth in the league right now on pass percentage off the play-action pass. Houston's first in most plays they go big big yards off of, so it's a good matchup for Trevor Lawrence to kind of get some big plays, big chunk yards. Make sure you grab him for all those guys streaming quarterbacks. Before we get into our lock and running backs, we did get another question here live on the show. Love it. Keep it coming. Uh, Yee, pick one, flex, full PPR. Damian Pierce, Olave, Ramondre Stevenson. I'd have to look at my rankings again. Off the top of my head, I believe I have Chris Olave ranked highest out of that bunch, especially in a full-point PPR league. What about you, Chris? Olave probably could be the guy, but I love the Stevenson matchup. I mean, they're playing Detroit, and you just saw what Rashad Penny just did, and Stevenson has kind of been playing more and more the passing guy. If Matt Jones is out there, you're probably going to see a lot of checks down to the running back because he's not mobile. Stevenson could be a guy that if you're looking for a home run swing, Stevenson probably the guy I put in there. But if not, you're looking for kind of a solid play, all is probably the guy to go. I would say if Winston was going to play, I think it'd be hands down Olave. Andy Dalton kind of makes that a little bit more of a question. But without Michael Thomas, you're still looking at a guy who's going to be in my top 20 receivers when we talk about him later on in the show. All right, Chris, let's get into our running backs. It's funny. I actually have Damian Pierce as one of my lock him in running backs. So we'll, st- we'll stick with him there. All three options, by the way, that he put out there were all really good options this week. But Damian Pierce, I do have him inside of my top 20 this week. He's definitely a guy you need to go with. He's been getting fed the ball. And what, what I found interesting, Chris, last week, even though he didn't do much with it, was that he got involved in the passing game. I believe he had six targets in that game. Yeah, six catches for uh, eight yards. Yeah, um, it was impressive, but the fact that definitely that's PPR well, gold, definitely, yeah, but definitely PPR gold. It's they're all flare patterns because it's all you can catch. Not a good pass protector yet either. Um, I just want to say the one thing to kind of keep in mind with David Pierce is if I'm going to say his name wrong, but if Batushu Batu, uh, the <laughs> guy for Jacksonville, the defensive tackle is active. Jacksonville's defense is completely different versus the run when he's active versus when Correct. he's not. Correct, and that was a big difference last week. That's one of the reasons we saw Miles Sanders go bananas uh, like we did. 
but I am still locking in Damian Pierce as a top 20 running back this week. I've also, of course, and this really should kind of go without saying, I'm locking in Leonard Fournette this week as well. He comes inside of my top 12. But there are people who, and I understand why, after watching that Sunday night game, seem to be a little bit concerned about Rashad White getting more involved. And like, well, if Leonard Fournette starts to lose his volume, it's not like he's the most explosive guy in the world. But Chris, I'm not concerned. Are you concerned? No. Look, I'm going to keep saying this over and over again. The days of like the Christian McCaffrey's of getting all the carries and all the touches are very few and in between, far in between. So you're going to have situations like this unfold, but this isn't a bad situation, and it's not something that you see negatively impact them at all yet. So I don't understand why people are looking for reasons to kind of knock on Fournette. I'd be excited from what I saw. Despite not being able to run the ball at all, he was still involved in the game. This is a guy that could easily just be pitching a whole lot of guys like Damian Pierce could be. Well, as an early two-down guy, and if you fall behind multiple touchdowns, bye-bye. He didn't. So to me, if anything, I actually excited what I saw for Fournette last week. I don't think it's ever going to happen. They trust him so much back there in pass protection. I don't think he's ever going to be falling out of the pass work. Three carries for negative three yards, but still gets it done through the air. My last lockup in of this bunch is Jeff Wilson. Mentioned him a little bit. I love him this week against Carolina. You want to talk about a running back who's like guaranteed to get 18 touches? That's him. Maybe it won't be through the air, but I guarantee you he gets another touchdown again this week against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, guys kind of, you know, has a solid game, has the RB1 potential opportunities, but hasn't really kind of cashed in necessarily, but has a solid floor. So guy to continue that solid floor is the guy that they kind of use in all roles. We talked about this before, the 49ers, very few running backs have the chance to play all the downs. Jeff Wilson does. The only problem he still has is Debo and some other guys like to steal some of his, you know, the, the money touchdown. Plays. But he, well, I mean, Debo didn't steal any carries last week. He only had two carries. And that's what I'm be curious about. Does that, continue are they going to try to maybe stop with this whole like Debo has to get like eight to ten carries let him be more of a wide receiver we'll get into that more later what that could mean if that does wind up being the trend but let's talk about our lock them in wide receivers at the top Drake London if Kyle Pitts is going to be out and it's looking like he is not that Drake London wasn't already a must play as it was but you definitely have to have in your lives and I will be moving him inside my top 24 once the news about Kyle Pitts becomes official yeah, well, part of the reason you didn't hear about Debo carrying the ball is because he's busy owning Jalen Ramsey as he, you know, followed well, up on social media and reminding everybody. Else, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, look, this is a guy that I'm huge on, and I think last week we only had 19 attempts in through the air, the last seven completions. As I alluded to earlier, it was definitely a monsoon, not necessarily as bad as the Trey Lance monsoon, but um, it did affect the passing attack in the passing game. But London's one of the safest guys you can have in your lineup. He's a feature part of their offense. He's getting about 30% of their, you know, their targets when he's out there. I love him this week, and he's a guy you can continue to fire up and have out there. Yeah, look, the, t- the matchup's tough against Tampa Bay. There's no doubt about that, but there's no one else to throw the ball to. So he's going to have to get worked in. And guess what? Atlanta is going to be coming back from behind in that matchup. And, and real quick, that's also why it's nice that a six foot four guy who plays a slot, that's also why he, he's going to get away from some of the outside guys. He's not going to see Davis as much. He's going to get some better matchups versus Tampa as well. Yeah, and he's like a, a foot taller than Antoine Winfield, so it's not going to matter quite as much. Uh, on the Tampa Bay side, though, I do love Mike Evans. So I, I love Chris Godwin. Uh, Evans comes in at me for wide receiver eight, and Chris Godwin comes in at wide receiver 21. I'm locking them in. I guess the more story here is that Godwin, his first game back, didn't hold him back. He was second in snaps at the wide receiver position. So I guess he's healthy and ready to go. Limited participant in practice both days. Chris Godwin's back, baby. Fire him up. 
Yeah, uh, especially in a full point PPR or half point PPR, you love Chris Godwin. The only thing I want to say is, man, he looked like Juju Smith Schuster running that ball last like, last yeah, week. He, he looked slow after catching the ball. Yeah, so just kind of alludes to that. Like, you're going to get the volume because that's all Tampa can do right now. He's going to get six or seven catches. It might be for 50 or 60 yards, though. Here's what I will say that I think that gets better. I think part, I don't think part of that is, I don't think, well, I should say this. I don't think the majority of it is that he's lost his explosiveness because he's trying to come back from the injuries. I think he's not quite in game shape yet. I think that's, that's more. Agreed. Than his, his Agreed. I think he's, I don't think he's 100% either. I think he's still kind of, you know, milk, getting back kind of his legs as well from the injury. I'm also locking in Terry McLaurin this week. I know he's been a little bit disappointing, but. Jahan Dotson likely to miss this game. They got a really nice matchup against Tennessee, who's been getting lit up, especially by perimeter receivers. <laughs> and Curtis Samuel, I expect him to play, but he's dealing with an illness himself at the moment. So maybe he's not 100%. He's going to have to lean on Terry McLaurin in this game against the Titans, and I'm firing him up as a must-play wide receiver too. 100% agree. I think this is a great smash spot for him, a great matchup versus a Tennessee team who's been hemorrhaging big plays all season long. You could definitely attack them in the perimeter. And he's due. So I think you talked about some of the guys being hurt. Dawson's going to be out. Samuel's been banged up. Samuel's been kind of not necessarily as featured as he was early as much as he had been. McLaurin's a guy that they need to get the ball to. It's a matter of pass protection for them. So it's just going to McLaurin should take off once they get a little, bit, a little bit better pass protection. And if I'm locking in Trevor Lawrence, I'm locking in Christian Kirk, who has been a dynamo anyway. Like last week, people were disappointed. And again, I go back to it's the Philadelphia Eagles in a bad weather game. Get off of it. Relax. He'll be fine. I got him as a wide receiver 12 this week. Yeah. Christian Kirk is Armand St. Brown last year. Let's just get it through our heads right now. He's, he's going to be utilized. They're going to target him. They're creating easy throws for for Trevor Lawrence. That's part why his percentage is going up so much. They're making sure they have underneath short throws for him to get the ball. Christian Kirk's one of those guys getting featured. So it's the other slot receiver, whether it's Zay Jones, whoever's out there. Christian Kirk's going to be a guy you want to have in a lot of most weeks. Quick question for you. Do you buy into his talent, though? I still struggle with the idea that Christian Kirk's the true number one receiver. I, that's why I kind of said, are my St. Brown? Look, look, St. Brown's putting up in ridiculous numbers, and you know you have to kind of give him credit for that, but a lot of it's because it's being schemed up for him. Christian Kirk's a good receiver. He's not a fantastic. He's not Justin Jefferson. He's not the next level receiver, but he's good. And when coaches actually scheme and try to get you the ball, we kind of saw this with Brandon Cooks last year. You know, the Texas offense was future, but Brandon Cooks got the ball week in, week out because that was what they were making sure they were going to do. So for me, this Christian Kirk's going to be a guy that you can want to get the ball. You know, uh, Doug Peterson's been good with that in his, his career. So Christian Kirk has the route tree that fits Andy Reid and Doug Peterson and then those kind of Kansas City guys, uh, the eagle tree goes back to. Um, so I think when you look at it, I do trust Christian Kirk, what his talent fits, what they're asking him to do. All right, let's move it into our lock them in tight ends. And that would be, first off, Logan Thomas. I want to talk about him first. I got him at number 12. Part of Jahan Dotson, you know, being out is that, well, somebody else has got to get worked in in the red zone. That should be, that should be Logan Thomas. He should have his opportunities. While he hasn't really done much overall in production, his targets have been there. He has been involved in the passing attack. He's still getting back from his ACL injury. Keep that in mind there. But I do think he gets involved in the red zone this week. I think you can stream him as a top 12 option. And Chris, I'll just throw this guy out there. You can comment on both these tight ends. George Kittle, I do have him at number six. I don't love it because they lost another tackle and he might just get asked to block even more. But call it a gut feeling. 
because he's been back for a couple of weeks and he still hasn't really gotten involved, I think Shanahan might make sure he actually produces some yards this week. Well, that's contrary to Mike Shanahan came out, or Kyle Shanahan, I should say, came out and said that he's not worried about getting hit of the ball, that it's going to naturally happen. That's why they don't ever worry about getting in the ball, which has been obvious because for the last eight uh, outings, George Kittle hasn't scored more than six fantasy points. So I think this guy that you're kind of hoping on the talent they're eventually going to use, we haven't really seen that meet the mark. Um, Carolina is a good matchup for him. They lost Jeremy Chin. They have him on the IR. So there is a potential to kind of take advantage. I'm just worried that I don't know if this 49er offense is, you know, what people think it's going to be. Shanahan doesn't use Kittle for some reason. I don't know why. I hope your gut feeling is right, Dan, but it is somebody I'm a little bit worried about. As for Logan Thomas, it's a guy that I, I'm waiting for to pop off. What kind of got sidetracked in the meantime is the Eagle and Dallas defensive lines just basically owned Washington, and now Vervo Carson Wentz was a deer in headlights, so Logan Thomas couldn't really be used. But you saw him get about, you know, three or four catches both those games. I agree with you. He's going to continue to utilize more and more in the red zone. I think between the 20s as well. So I think Logan Thomas has the better days to be wearing and a good matchup versus Tennessee this week. Yeah, we're going to talk about that more in a second when we get to our lookout for segment. Lookout for... So since you were alluding to those matchups for the Washington Commanders, we'll just start off with Carson Wentz, who I do have as a streaming option this week against the Tennessee Titans. It is a plus matchup, and Wentz, to so far this year, has lit up the plus matchups that he has faced. And that's why I have him at quarterback 16. I might be moving him ahead of Jared Goff when news officially breaks that we are likely going to not see St. Brown out there this week. I don't know what everybody expected. Carson Wentz is one of the most dropped quarterbacks this week. If you picked him up to be a, a streamer, what did you think was going to happen against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys, who have really good defensive fronts, really good pass rush, and create turnovers against that horrendous offensive line? And Carson Wentz, who has a tendency to throw the ball high when he gets happy feet. It was predictable. I don't know why you had him in your lineup to begin with. We told you not to. Hopefully, listen to us now moving forward. And now I'm telling you, you can play him as a streaming option this week against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I think this is also kind of a Carson Wentz's chance to kind of get back at the Colts as well. You saw them, the Tennessee defense, you know, step up versus the Colts offense last week. I think Carson Wentz is going to expose this Tennessee defense that's been really bad most of the season. Also look out for Ryan Tannehill, because on the flip side, Washington is a, they're pretty much a crap show on quarterback position, or against the quarterbacks, against offenses too. And I think Ryan Tannehill, even without Traylon Burks, He's got a good floor in this game. He doesn't have the upside of, say, of Carson Wentz here, but he has a good floor in this match against Washington. Yeah, this is Ron Rivera's defense. When he doesn't have Luke Kinkley and Josh Norman, basically this is what you get. So this is Carolina continues to be – I'm not Carolina, I'm sorry. Washington continues to be a defense that's been underachieving. Yeah, and get hammered. You know, I mean, it's, it looks like the same thing. They play soft zones and give up big plays. <laughs> My other quarterback to look out for this week is Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy Garoppolo makes my top 18, which means he gets into the streaming conversation just barely because he comes right in at 18. But this goes back to, I think he looked sharper as that game went on against the Rams last week. Carolina stinks. And when they get in the fourth quarter, I think he's going to be able to sit back, make easy throws at Debo, easy throws at Brand Ayuk, and let them run after catch. And he's going to rack up fantasy points as a result to that against this Carolina team. Yeah, I, I'm not on this Carolina stinks like you are. I think this is going to be a bad matchup for this 49er offense, so I'm not going to touch Jimmy G. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, totally dispute that. Now, I want to be clear here. He's a back-end streaming option here. This is not somebody I go to, but if you're looking around the waiver wire and you just can't find anything, I think he has a safe 16 to 17-point floor this week against Carolina. Let's get into our wide receivers because I don't have any lookout for running backs for these matchups. So look out for Robert Woods. I mean, if I'm going to say, you know, Ryan Tannehill is a streaming option, Robert Woods for the first time this season cracks my top 36, and he comes in at wide receiver 33 for me this week. No Traylon Burks. So now he gets more of a target share heading into a really good matchup. I like kind of like Robert Woods as a flex play. Yeah, you saw Kyle Phillips only have one target last week. He's still kind of coming back from his own injury. Isn't kind of, you know, as fresh and quick as he usually can be. So Robert Woods... It's really been surely becoming better and better for that Tennessee offense. Back to whack weeks where he scored touchdowns. Art Woods is a you know quietly doing what Robert Woods does. You know, gets that Connor yard game, catches a four for four catch of thirty yards, but scores a touchdown. He's never going to be super flashy, but he kind of works his way, you know, into your fantasy lineups. Robert Woods is a guy that kind of definitely monitors, especially versus that Washington defense we talked about this week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa. Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. So I know Curtis Samuel has a practice this week. It's due to an illness. So if he can, he might not even have to practice tomorrow. As long as he's feeling better by Sunday, I believe he's going to be out there. And it's kind of the same analysis. Look, Jahan Dotson's out. Curtis Samuel's already been the most targeted wide receiver for the Washington Commanders to begin with. It, you know, it's so weird when I think about Washington and Tennessee because these two defenses, the way they match up, being how bad they are against quarterbacks and wide receivers in particular, it should be a shootout game. But because the offenses themselves like to shoot themselves in the foot so much, I don't know if we get the shootout game, but we might. And therefore, you might just be playing everybody you possibly can. And get terrible coordinators as part of why the game that, kind of goes up as yeah, well. It's a long way. <laughs> and bad offensive lines. That's that's usually the kind of the mix as well. When the offensive lines are you know bad, that can make so can change the situation as well. I, I one thing I'll say, you know, I do think this is a good matchup for Tennessee, and I do think they have a chance to kind of explode in this game to a degree. Um, and I think you see both sides. It could be like we talked about a quiet game that both you know there could be some fantasy points to be had. 
What about Brandon Cooks? How do you feel about him this week? I know I got him still as a guy that you should probably be playing, but it seems like people are kind of a little bit down on him, thinking like Nico Collins is actually like getting in on it. Guess what? Brandon Cooks is still a top 20 receiver for me this week. Not worried about it. He is the head and shoulders best receiver that they got in a game in which they should have to come back from behind. Yeah, I absolutely love Brandon Cooks this week and a guy that I think, you know, you're looking at a guy who's been targeted week in, week out at Christian Kirk rates, just haven't really seen the efficiency. I think part of the Texas issue is they're asking their offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, to actually use multiple weapons. We see this problem with Greg Roman come out when guys aren't really good at actually calling plays, especially passing plays. Um, Nico Cause was the guy they're trying to feature. They're trying to throw, you know, pierced passes for six, you know, one yard passes. So eventually they'll remember Cooks is their bread and butter. When they, they want David Mills to actually look like he's a competent quarterback or not, you know, crap out there, he'll go back throwing to Brandon Cooks again. But that to happen again, this Jacksonville should be a game where he kind of gets get this right. And real quick, Dan. Good. I was just going to mention, we talked about the Curtis Samuel thing in the Washington game. The only, trailer, the only caveat about Curtis Samuel is with the Brian Robinson return, if Gibson kind of gets some of his usage where you saw Curtis Samuel getting all the underneath things, um, and you've only seen him get four or five catches in the last two weeks, if Gibson clicks start kind of eating into some of that role. So I just kind of monitor that as well this week. Yeah, we'll have to see exactly what happens. I think they just might be out on Gibson at this point altogether. Uh, moving on, though, we got Zay Jones. I also have him to look out for. If he's healthy, he's been getting a good amount of healthy targets alongside Christian Kirk. He's a nice little PPR bottom-tier flex option. I'm not too high on him. He doesn't quite crack my top 36. He's just outside of it, sitting at 37, 38. But this is a guy we saw before he got hurt. He had 10 catches for 85 yards. So we're talking about full-point PPR. I kind of like him as a flex option against Houston. And then also throw in there Brandon Ayuk. So this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. If Debo Samuel is going to play more of the wide receiver position, that takes away from what Brandon Ayuk's upside can be. Last week, he was in my top 35. This week, he is not. Because I think Debo Samuel actually does play a little more receiver as Jeff Wilson gets more confidence, I guess, with Shanahan or just they're just figured out that they don't have to run him back there, whatever the case may be. But I'm a little bit worried about that for Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I could definitely understand that. I think this is going to be where, you know, I hope for Clamboyance actually kicks in for the foreigners at some point, because it's going to be hard to guess from week to week who they're actually going to feature in this passing attack. Yeah, we know Debo will get his one way or another, but just a matter of how and when, what that means for everybody else. I'll look out for a tight end. I figured I'd just throw this guy in there, Evan Ingram. You know, he's just outside my top 18, but I kind of thought to myself, you know, if 14-team leagues out there, because I was talking to a few people who do have 14-team leagues, He's probably a deep flyer streaming option because just everybody is against Houston. Well, yeah. I mean, you talked about Zay Jones, and let's kind of talk about the slot receiver. You know, we saw Agnew have a great week. Whoever the slot receiver for Jacksonville is going to get targets and going to get the ball. The tight end's actually going to a fair amount of targets, about getting four or five targets a game. You just haven't really seen him be vertical down the field. That's the only kind of thing you're worried about. But I do think there's potential still for the touchdown opportunity versus a Texans team that's been atrocious for tight end position this entire season. So Evan Ingram you know, has a chance to have a, a quietly good game. Be cautious of. Time to get into our guys that we don't want to play this week. And my quarterback that I do not want to play is Marcus Mariota. Now, I'm not putting that game last week completely on him like a lot of people are. Again, there's a lot of circumstances around that. But I don't think things are going to be a whole hell of a lot better against the Tampa Bay defense this week. You should have better streaming options. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily hate Mariota, but I don't know of the upside either. I guess definitely a tough matchup. 
you know, if you could find a better option, definitely would prefer to take that. Because the big key with him, too, is that he hasn't been running as much as he was. Like, week one, they looked like they had a real game plan, design runs, and since then, hasn't been nearly as much of that. And that's what you need. If Mariota is going to be fantasy relevant, they got to have more design runs from it, and that just hasn't been the case over the past couple of weeks. Maybe that does add up with Cordell Patterson out of the mix, but we'll have to wait and see, which brings me to my running the running backs. I am not playing a Tyler Algier. I'm certainly not playing a Caleb Huntley. Somebody has to explain to me how I saw so many leagues this week go out there and add Caleb Huntley or spend fad budget on Caleb Huntley. <laughs> really, guys? We really get this swept up off of a one week. He's a practice squad running back. I don't care if Arthur Smith splits him because he's splitting everybody in the backfield. It does not matter, especially against Tampa Bay. What do you think he's going to be against Tampa Bay this week? I'm not playing Tyler Algier, and that's the only running back I have any interest in while Cordero Patterson is out. Someone explain this to me. Look, I think you're trying to find anything you can get your hands on when it comes to fantasy at running back. I'm not a, a Huntley hater. He looked pretty effective when he ran the ball. Having said that, I 100% agree with you. Don't get confused what you saw in Tampa, worst Tampa Bay last week and think that you're going to have Orlando be able to repeat this. Um, the Chiefs were able to run the ball because Tampa Bay was basically playing the softest cover three shell that you could possibly to make sure they would not throw the ball over their heads. They were not worried about the running attack. It's going to be a whole lot different versus Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. I'm also not touching the Washington running backs at all this week. We got to see how this rotation is going to break down because I think Robin, Brian Robinson, first week out of the gate, is going to get a significant enough run where I don't think he touched anybody. The only guy I would, I would maybe, maybe consider is that if you're in a really bad spot, your flex spot, and your full point PPR leagues, you can maybe throw J.D. McKissick out in that scenario because Wentz has been getting him the ball at a decent enough rate for that but again that's just a floor play if you have no other options to turn to otherwise leave him on your bench yeah the guys talking about you know him not getting the targets as much as he had the last couple of weeks well big part of that is because of McKissick and I agree with you I don't like playing anybody but if it's going to be a shootout as we kind of alluded to it could be you want to take a shot McKissick's got a shot and guess what the Jacksonville Jaguars will be in a neutral to pro game script so I'm not playing Travis Etienne uh, let's talk about our be cautious of wide receivers. I am not playing Russell Gage. I am not playing Julio Jones. What last week showed me is that those two are interchangeable. And as long as Godwin's healthy and out there on the field, they're both irrelevant. Yeah, I don't disagree. To me, it's the key is who's going to be healthy. Russell Gage obviously is not healthy and didn't look good last week. If Julio can get his legs back, which you don't know yet, you know, that's more of an if, so you don't play him this week, but it's a guy you kind of monitor moving forward. DJ Moore, you can't play him this week, or at least – you don't want to play him this week. You might have to. I don't know. But going against San Francisco, I mean, look, the matchup, yeah, of course, is, is bad. But it's not just the matchup. It's Baker's bad. This team's bad. The coaching staff is bad. And this is the part that I talked about, you know, them quitting on Baker Mayfield. DJ Moore's already out. Like, you can tell by his comments, his body language. He wants nothing to do with Baker Mayfield moving forward. He's already, he's already done. He's already quit. And I think a guy like DJ, who is a leader on that team, I think that's going to fester, and I think that's going to spread. And I think that's ultimately what's going to be the demise of everybody in Carolina right now. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I haven't really seen those things about D.J. Moore. Um, I do know that he's one of the guys that are going to continue to target. He saw most of the targets come to him last week. I know it's not been pretty, but it's a guy that you look for usage. Some people always talk about you know um, the opportunity and the usage of guys and the rate that you want in fantasy. 
DJ Moore is the number one receiver, is the guy they're going to continue to target. That's a tough matchup, but if you have DJ Moore, unless you have a better option for sure, isn't a guy I hate having in Toronto. Look, it maybe he, if he gets again, this goes back to last week, it's kind of the Christian McCaffrey thing. He did target him 11 times. If he sticks with that, then he might be okay. But we have to see it more than a week because it wasn't getting anywhere near that. And Chris, maybe you didn't see it. I don't know. Maybe somebody else didn't who's watching this show. But the comments, the reporters asking DJ Moore, you know, is it, you know, are the wide receivers just not getting open? DJ Moore laughed in the reporter's face. And like, just, you could just tell by his whole demeanor, his comments that he was saying, it was just, he's out on Baker Mayfield. That's where his problem lies. There's no doubt about that. The way he laughed at a reporter's face when he asked one of the receivers well, not getting open. I mean, you could definitely laugh at something like that when the guy's getting 11 you know, passes batted at the line of scrimmage and there's not even a chance for the ball to get to you. So I think that's part <laughs> of why you're laughing. Yeah, agreed. And uh, Kyle Pitts, I, I wasn't going to try to start him this week before we had the injury issue anyway, so I don't really need to talk about that. What we do need to do is take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got four more matchups, the last four matchups of week five to go ahead and give our clairvoyancy look into the future. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back with all of you right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt-to-couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their T-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Streaming to you live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to get all of our content there. Check us out on bellyup.tv. Download the Foxy Network app on your LG, Roku, Samsung, or your Fire TV devices. Or just stay up to date with the show one you're on the go. When you download us on your favorite podcast app, we're widely available to you. And give us that five-star review. I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here with Chris Dowhauer. Chris, are you ready for the last four matchups that we have to go over for week five here? Let's get them done. Let's do it. So we got what we got. We got Dallas 
against the Rams. We got Eagles against the Cardinals. We got Bengals against the Ravens. We got the Raiders against the Chiefs on Monday night. A lot of firepower here. So let's hit the, cap- the Captain Obvious. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Obviously, you start Jalen Hurts. I don't really think we need to say much more than that. So let's talk about Joe Burrow, because I have him actually as my top five, my number five quarterback on the dot going up against Baltimore. Or I'm sorry, not going yeah, going against Baltimore. I'm not wrong. Uh, look, I know it didn't come to fruition last week of Buffalo really being able to take advantage of. But again, it was another game that wound up being rainy and crappy and had a lot to do with it. If they can somehow protect Burrow, which they did a better job of against Miami, he's going to have all day to throw, and he's got the weapons to torch corners right now on the outside. I love Burrow against the Ravens this week. Yeah, it's definitely a tough matchup for the Ravens' defense. They've been exploiting and giving up the big plays. I kind of my, – my gut feel is the Ravens are going to show up defensively, but I do think this is a great matchup on paper for Cincinnati's offense and Joe Burrow. And you're locking in, or not locking in, you're obviously starting Lamar Jackson because he's the Konami cheat code. What about Patrick Mahomes? He comes back into my obvious starts. He gets inside my top five at number four on the week. The Raiders are here. Guess what? Mahomes is going to have all day to throw, and he's going to have the zone coverage. So Juju Smith-Schuster will actually be able to eat and have a go-to guy outside of Travis Kelsey. So Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Yep, yeah, most touchdown passes in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes continues to be the man. It won't change this week. No, it will not. How about Joe Mixon? So he's an obvious start. He's my RB7 of this week. But I did want to talk about him a little bit just from the fact of unless you have Saquon Barkley, there's not another running back getting the level of usage in both the rushing and passing game of a Joe Mixon right now. I know it hasn't been particularly efficient at the moment, Part of that's through the offensive line. Part of that's through the fact that he hasn't been 100% healthy. But you got to love what you're getting out of Joe Mixon right now, especially when you look at the rest of the running back landscape. Yeah, I mean, I basically thought that I was uh, injured or something was done with him after week three. You kind of saw him, he ran and replaced him towards the end of that game. And then he went out and just basically was the man, got all those carries last week, got all the touches last week. Uh, Joe Mixon looks efficiency like Najee Harris is great compared to him. But it is, you know, getting volume and a good offense. So Joe Mixon is probably still in your lineups. If you're wondering where all of our obvious start wide receivers are, they're all in these four matchups. I got CeeDee Lamb. Obviously, you start him. We know he's good to go. He's number nine on my list. Cooper Cup. We don't have to say anything else about that. A.J. Brown. He cracks my top eight this week, coming in at number seven. Jamar Chase. I, he's going to get back on track, and I got him at number five this week. T. Higgins, also my top 10, number 10 on the dot. And Devontae Adams at my number four. Anybody in that list you really want to talk about, Chris? Just excited to see Jamar Chase. You know, we talked about the Ravens giving up big plays. Jamar Chase has not had a reception over 20 yards at the season. So will, you know, will that damn break this week? Yeah, I think it does. Not The Ravens typically don't tilt their coverage the way everybody else has been tilting their coverage for Jamar Chase. So I think that might be the big key for him this week. I think he gets off the schneid. If your window to buy low on him, it's going to quickly close after Sunday. And I'll just say this as a feather in your cap because you said Cooper Cup was not going to regress in any kind of way. Part of it, of course, that he's awesome and, and Stafford only has eyes for him and Sean McVay only game plans for him to get open, apparently. But the other part of it that might amplify this thing moving forward is that defenses don't care 
You're like, fine. Throw it to Cooper Cup a million times over the middle for five yards. We don't care because you can't beat us any other way. And even then, you don't score. Yeah, I mean, it's not Cooper Cup's fault what's happened on the Rams, but I, I don't know what the point necessarily was, but I agree with you. The Cooper Cup, to me, is still that number one guy. Uh, Just Jefferson keeps getting, getting the hype as to being the guy. Cooper Cup keeps going out there producing no matter what's happened that Rams offense. I don't think it hurts him, though, if they actually become, you know, the Rams again at some point. <laughs> no, I don't think it would hurt him either. It might actually be nice to see other than, like, Oh, throw another throw the Cooper Cup for five yards. Oh, no, you know, here's another one. Unless you have Cup and you're loving it, it's really, really boring to watch. Uh, <laughs> but talking about Cup. Hey, Green, Bay, Green Bay fans have been watching it for the last, what, six, seven, eight years? Yeah. They got rid of Devontae Adams this past season. No, that's, that's, that is valid. I will say this. I do have Justin Jefferson number one this week just because he's playing Chicago. Uh, but talking about the Rams offense, the other guy who gets peppered with targets when it's not Cooper Cup is Tyler Higby, and he's an obvious starter for me. you got to lock him in. He's a top-five tight end for the second week in a row. No one at the tight end position has more targets than Tyler Higby, which makes no sense. It, this, is Sean, this is proof that Sean McVay is being really, really dumb this year. You are getting Stafford killed. You need Tyler Higby to block sometimes. The fact that he's running as many routes and getting targeted the way that he is while Stafford just continues to get annihilated because that offense is hor- offensive line is horrendous, uh, it just has me questioning Sean McVay. But until something changes, Tyler Higby has to be in your lineups. Yeah, I mean, no matter when we talk about a guy that has been highly efficient, it doesn't matter. If you just keep getting pepper targets, eventually you're going to do something. Tyler Higby just keeps getting all those targets when it's not Cooper Cup. We have our usual suspects, Travis Kelsey, obviously, Mark Andrews, obviously, and Darren Waller. Now, I always he's been a little bit disappointing over the past couple of weeks, but I have him at number three tight end. I think it's going to be Devontae Adams and something. I think it's going to be and Darren Waller to go back at Kansas City in what should be a shootout game on Monday night. It's a good matchup for Darren Waller to kind of get back on track. He's gotten got forgotten about the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, Hunter Renfro does return, so maybe we'll see kind of how it affects him to do, but it is a good matchup versus the Chiefs. So it should be a shootout. Let's lock him in. Lock him in. It's a lock. It's not pretty. And maybe you shouldn't watch the game. But you got to lock in Kyler Murray as a QB1. It's disgusting, I know. But at least last week he gave you a little bit of hope because he actually started using his legs again. Maybe he realized he needed to. It kind of screwed me on my James Conner call because he wound up being the one who kept the RPO option, even though he hadn't been doing that so far this season. But he is a QB nine for me, so it makes him a top ten quarterback. You have to lock him into your lineups. Just be, you know, maybe don't watch the game. This is a tough one for me. This is if Eagles coaching staff and I talk about the defensive coordinator in particular isn't doesn't go full tard, they should be fine. And I think Kyler Miller should should be eaten by this team because he that their offensive line is really bad. They they wait three quarters to actually do anything. They've been kind of scrambling at the end, very end to kind of you know get a game. That's not the way to play the Eagles. I, I'm not loving Kyler Murray this week. Oh, I didn't say I love him. I'm just saying you got to lock him as a top ten quarterback because again, the quarterback landscape is kind of like the running back landscape. Once you get past a certain point, it ain't that pretty. And like I said, don't watch the game. Why? Because most of your points are probably going to come in garbage time with Kyler Murray. Uh, as far as the running backs go, let's go to the other side of the field with the Eagles. You have to lock in Miles Sanders. I don't know any. I don't know a soul out there who's not going to play him after last week. And while I don't expect you know 135 yards and two touchdowns, it is the Arizona Cardinals, and it's another pretty pretty matchup here this week. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Yeah, we, we knew Miles Sanders was going to score touchdowns eventually. Don't expect what you said. Like you said, don't expect what we got last week. But the guy that has averaged over five yards per carry the last two years, maybe, just maybe, you want to keep having him in your lineup. Just just maybe. That, that's more for the Eagles and the fantasy owners, too, on that last part. Oh, yeah, that's too. Uh, <laughs> what about the Monday night game? I got two lock in running backs. Josh Jacobs, another guy who went off. Here's the key about Josh Jacobs. They threw him the ball. He was the workhorse back. He wasn't just there to work on sec- on first and second down. He was there to be the bell cow. And you know what? The Raiders' offense looked all the better for it. Does Josh McDaniels remove his head from his rectum and actually stick with this game plan? For this week, I think he probably will. The only worry you have about Josh Jacobs is the Chiefs have been really stout versus the run- running games this entire season, and running backs in particular. You know, we saw Fournette get kind of knocked out. He's used a pass catcher. Josh Jacobs will need to be that pass catcher for him to kind of catch his, have his, you know, his, his value. value. Um, but the, the exaggerated reports of, you know, Josh Jacobs' demise definitely seem to kind of be biting all those fantasy gurus in the, in, in the butt right now where they were just, you know, it's going to be Zaire White, it's going to be this guy, it's going to be this guy. Teams and coaches usually when they have something to play for, particularly with their jobs and they want to win, they play the best guys. Josh Jacobs is the best running back they have on that team. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He had 19 carries last week. Now, I don't think that's something that's going to continue. But if you want Clyde Edwards-Alaire to stay as an RB2, that's the kind of usage we're looking for. I don't think it's going to continue this way. But for this week against the Raiders, the guy is just finding a way to get touchdowns. He's got to be in your lineup. I still think he's a sell high, but he's got to be in your lineup. Um, he gets the money. He gets the money scores. That's all you care about. They manufacture touchdowns for. They manufacture the you know the yardage for him. They need to get. So he's a guy. He definitely has an RB2 floor. Yeah, I got him as oh, a top quick, 20. Real quick, Dan, I know we're all going against the clock, but um, just if you were talking about, you know, explaining to you about Caleb Huntley, can you somebody explain to me what Chiefs, why we're picking up Chiefs running backs every other week, depending on what guy played? It was McKinnon last week, now it's Pachero because he got a couple snaps. It's like, you know, just because guys played a little bit doesn't mean all of a sudden they're the guy. No, I agree with you. In, in Pacheco's case, I'm fine with it if it was a stash move on your part. Like, not somebody to play this week or anything like that. Like, Cam Huntley, if you picked him up, you're having to play him immediately. That's why that's so stupid to me. But Isaiah Pacheco, there's a very good chance that he is going to get worked in as this season moves on more and more. And I, I would think, if everybody stays healthy, that it would be him and Clyde Edwards-Alaire in a platoon situation and Jarrett McKinnon getting left out sooner rather than later, if that would be my guess. Because he's definitely the best runner that they have. So it's just a matter of getting him wor- ramped up. So the Pacheco thing, I don't have a big a problem with as I did the Huntley uh, aspect of that. On the lock out receivers or lookout, where are we at? We're at lock them in. Lock them in receivers. 
I do like Devonta Smith quite a bit this week, along with A.J. Brown. He's been really, really good. Jalen Hurts has shown that he's actually willing to get two guys involved. Something I questioned coming into the season. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, first of all, how run-heavy they would be. They have eased off about of, off of that a little bit. They have become a little bit more balanced. And Jalen Hurts has been able to get two guys the ball. Also something I questioned Maybe Dallas Goddard gets left out here and there, but even he's been okay, especially as a, a bottom-tier tight end one. So Devonta Smith, you fire him up this week. I think Byron Murphy's probably going to see more A.J. Brown, and you're good to go. Yeah, the Eagles actually had the highest pass rate in neutral games, neutral game uh, rates, so that's something to kind of keep in mind. They are throwing the ball a lot more, kind of like Baltimore does. They're using their threat of the running game to kind of utilize the passing attack. And it's working out great for everybody involved. Speaking of, I'm also locking in Dallas Goddard as a top 10 tight end, too. I don't know how much more we can really say about that. Yes, is there games where he gets left out because of A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith? Sure. But who else is going to be better as a top eight tight end right now? Because once you get past that point, it's just streaming options. Well, the good thing is you're playing Arizona, so we'll be playing chances for his offense to keep getting back out there to try to score points. <laughs> Right behind him, as my last lock him in tight end, is Zach Ertz. I have him at eight. Zach Ertz has been very consistent so far this season, as I expected he would be, as long as DeAndre Hopkins was out. Does he get his revenge, though? It's a not great matchup, but the target's got to go somewhere. Rondell Moore is banged up again. Marquise Brown is banged up. Zach Ertz looking for a revenge game. Yeah, I mean, I think so, but does a revenge game entail him catching seven balls to 49 yards? Probably. Um, so I think the score is all you care about. Yeah, that's all you're always looking for. And then that's, that's where I do have some kind of caution. I'm not really sure how much errors in the light up the scoreboard versus Eagle defense. <laughs> Let's talk about a lookout for guys. Look out for. Skipping right ahead to the running backs. Look out for the Dallas backfield. It's tough with them. It, it really really is. I have them both coming in as RB3s this week. They both get enough volume where you have to pay attention to them. And I got Ezekiel Elliott at RB32, and I got Tony Pollard right at the cutoff mark at RB36. The usage has been unpredictable, to say the least. But they have both been on the field at at least a consistent clip. It's just a matter of who's getting the ball. I do think... Dallas will have ample opportunity to run it down the throat of the Rams. So you could play them as a flex play, but there's there's not a lot of upside. Um, yeah, you know, you know, we talked about you know the usage in a sense. They have been time has been 60-40 split pretty evenly. Um, Zeke's getting his kind of early down carries, but you also like the Zeke's getting kind of can use in the passing attack still too, like he was last year where he gets two or three catches a game. If there's a guy I'm going to play this week, I think it is Ezekiel Elliott. You talked about the game script. Dallas have opportunity to actually establish the run. They have been kind of utilizing the, their physicality in the sense of identifying who they are with Cooper Rush as their quarterback and building off of that. I know the stats haven't necessarily matched that, but the running backs have been fairly productive and the running game has been their priority. So this is a good matchup versus them. And the Rams have a good run defense on paper, but what you look at basically is teams just really had to have to run a ball against them. And I think if Dallas wants to get physical and win this game, this is the best way to do it. Zeke, to me, is the best play. Not loving Pollard. There's really see the reason for them to kind of utilize him in this game. And the Rams are a pretty good tackling team. I think Tony Pollard's one of those guys playing against a team that's looking for the big play. Uh, James Conner, look out for it. He's getting the volume. like He's getting the 15 to 18 touches that you're looking for of a running back that you want to play. But unless he falls into the end zone, I just don't know what he's going to give you this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. He is not a must play for me this week. 
Yeah, you're seeing the usage, but you're basically seeing the Joe Mixon without the touchdowns, and this is what you're looking for. If Joe if Connor's not scoring touchdowns, he's useless. Maybe he falls into the one you have a good chance for it to happen. But James Conner, you know, is not, if you have a better option, you probably play. But if you drafted him as high as you probably did, you might be playing him as at least a flex option this week. Yeah, that's what makes it kind of rough is he might have to play him. I got him at RB29. Just because, again, he is getting the volume that you don't get out of a lot of running backs right now. But if Kyler Murray does what he did last week where he keeps it or if they don't get inside the five-yard line, I just don't know what he's going to be able to give you. J.K. Dobbins I'm looking out for. So Dobbins, he also another touchdown-dependent guy because he doesn't get involved in the passing game. And Gus Edwards could be working back soon. I don't, it doesn't sound like he's necessarily definitely going to be a good to go this week. We'll have to wait and see tomorrow. But Dobbins looks decent. He's not 100% healthy yet. That much is clear. However, with this attack, he can continue to give you those touchdowns. And I do like the matchup here for the Ravens for him to be able to continue to do so. So I'm fine with him as a flex play, but I'm not ready to lock him in as an RB2 just yet. No, it's understandable. But what you did see is about 16 to 17, I think 16 touches last week. Um, the guy is, you know, getting kind of the training wheels taken off of him. Being utilized more and more, Justice Hill was knocked out last week. He will not be playing this week, so that's a big thing. Uh, you know, people talk about playing Drake or Davis. Who cares? They both don't are worthless and haven't really have any kind of effect on the game. Dobbins should be a guy that should be out there most of the time. I know he's a little bit banged up. I wouldn't worry about that. All you're looking for is J.K. Dobbins' compounds explosiveness, which you haven't seen yet, but you're starting to see the usage. So I think, you know, putting him in your lineup isn't necessarily a bad idea this week. No, especially not against Cincinnati where they should be able to move the ball. And then we kind of talked about Isaiah Pacheco already. Like I said, I'm not looking out for him to play, but I am looking out for him for season long. I do think this might get consolidated into a two-man committee where Jared McKinnon gets left out sooner rather than later. But let's jump into the wide res- Go ahead. I was just going to say that that was like the, the opposite of the consensus about a week ago when everybody was adding Jared McKinnon because he was now phasing out. You know, it's going to be a two-man backfield, I, I, and it's going to be McKinnon and CHE. Not yourself. I'm not saying you did that. No, I'm just no. saying oh, that, that's the narrative that's been going around the Kansas City backfield in general. What I'm saying is that the last week I made a point to say that Jeremy McKinnon was not on my waiver wire report during the primetime recap on, on Tuesday in the waiver saviors because it's Jared McKinnon. He's never going to overtake this backfield. There's no upside to him. He's still not going to outsnap or outplay Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So you're just chasing a ghost, basically. You're chasing inefficient like whole, all the reasons that we say that we want to sell high on Clyde Edwards-Alaire is because he cannot keep up the fantasy scoring that he's been doing with the usage he's been receiving. Well, amplify that by 10 when it comes to Jared McKinnon. So I, I, he was never a guy on my list to begin with anyway. But that's why I think Isaiah Pacheco will be a thing uh, before too long. Uh, let's get to the wide receivers, though. So Marquise Brown... Look, even if he was 100% healthy, I don't love him in this matchup. And even if Darius Slay's not out there, it doesn't matter. This is, I think if the Buffalo secondary was actually healthy, it might be more of a conversation. But I think this is the all-around best secondary in the NFL. And Marquise Brown has had to lean on volume in order to do anything. Like, it's just been out of sync. It hasn't looked great with Kyler Murray. So I'm not expecting a huge day. Now, I do think Brown still has to be in your lineups because I don't know if you have a better option. Again, coming back to that, it's just he's still getting 8 to 10 targets every single game out of necessity. It may not always be pretty, but it could be 7 catches for 60 yards and possibly a touchdown, and you would call that a win, especially in this matchup here. I just would lower my expectations, so if you have to take a shot somewhere else, you may need to do so. 
Yeah, like you're saying, you might look for some upside somewhere else. But Marquise Brown's definitely getting the volume, and that shouldn't change. You don't love the upside, but it is Marquise Brown, so one guy missed. It could be a big play for him. So he's a guy that you more than likely you buy in the lineups. I'm keeping my eye on Noah Brown here just a little bit. Again, nice matchup against the Rams. And if, you know, Gallup's still not quite at 100% yet, he's still kind of worked back into his stat count. Noah Brown, somebody who's been kind of involved. Now, this is more of a DFS, more of a deep league kind of play, but I just wouldn't have him off your radars quite just yet. He is going to still be the third receiver of their three receiver sets, but I'm going to skip ahead to the Ravens here for you, Chris. Go up. That's the Sunday night game against the Bengals. I don't think Rashad Bateman's going to play, but we may not find out for sure until Sunday, unfortunately. I hope on Friday we'll be able to report to you on social media at BillyFMDFF show that he's out. No one's got a clear-cut idea. If he can't go, I do love me some Devin Duvernay as a nice upside play who's already been making plays anyway, but if he's going to get the targets on top of it too, I think he might be in store for a nice game on Sunday night. Yeah, you talk about a guy when he was healthy, he missed, you know, I think it was week two, week three, he was out. But when he was healthy, he was averaging about 14 points, you know, per game when he's out there. He's been productive, scoring touchdowns, getting the ball different ways. And I love him too. If, you know, there's no Bateman, he will be the prioritized guy. And he could have had a huge game last week, but Bateman kind of got knocked out towards the end of the game. Um, you saw that you know, Duray was wide open in the end zone. Lamar missed him, but that could have been a big play for him that he would have, you know, been on everybody's radar if he had scored that touchdown. Yeah, we talked about the money plays with Clyde edwards Lair, and that's that's all Devin DuVernay has been all about so far this season. So definitely like it if Rashad Bateman's out. I would consider him a must-play, flex play. Uh, Hunter Renfro is going to be back this week. Good for him. Good to see. Because, uh, you know, coming back, of missing a couple of weeks on a concussion is not something we see very often. So it is nice to see he's going to be back out there. It's a decent matchup. I would consider him as a flex play in full-point PPR, but I do have him ranked in my 50 range I just want to see it, and I think it's going to be more of a Devontae Adams and Darren Waller game, his first game back. Yeah, you know I'm more of a defender of Renfro than you are, but I totally 100% agree with you. I'm not playing Renfro this week. I think that's just stupid. You don't know what Hollins' usage is going to be. You don't know what's going to be. You saw talk Darren Waller. I hadn't really utilized the last couple of weeks. There's a lot of other things that have to kind of happen for him to get his. You want to see first if you're good kind of run for in your lineup. So you can avoid and not to mention, I mean, we don't have Brian with us right now, but – when you're missing time like that due to concussion injury, you have a high chance of re-injury too, especially that first week back. So that's the other thing I'd be concerned about when it comes to him. Uh, my last lookout for a receiver for this group is Juju Smith-Schuster. Raiders play zone. Schuster gets open on zone. I think he's going to have probably an eight-catch, 70, 80-yard performance. Maybe he actually scores one. Who knows? Anything can happen, right? It is the Raiders. But this is the matchup if you have Schuster to want to play him. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, enjoy that six catches for 36 yards. <laughs> It'll be more than that against the Raiders. That's, 42. that's what the Raiders do. 42, 45. <laughs> Look out for a tight end. So Dalton Schultz practicing in full. So it's good to see that he's healthy. He's got a couple things working against him, though. One, Cooper Rush doesn't like Dalton Schultz at all. <laughs> and number two, the Rams are not a great match for tight ends. So I'm probably staying away from if you have a better option. I do have him ranked at tight end 13, though, just because of what his role typically is in this offense and his talent. He still has to be considered as a guy as the high-end tight end, too. But I probably would be able to find somebody else to fit in there, like, you know, say a Logan Thomas. And then Hayden Hurst. I always have him on this list. He's good enough that he has to make my list, 
But again, it's just a deep sleeper option. Nothing more. In 10-12 man leagues, you probably have a better way to go. Play Jawan Johnson. Play Jawan Johnson. <laughs> okay, let's get to our be cautious of. If I can find the drop. Still looking for it. Still looking for it. Still looking for it. Be cautious of. There it is. Be cautious of Matthew Stafford. Bench him this week. Do not play him. Play Carson Wentz over Matthew Stafford. Play anything almost over Matthew Stafford this week. Well, all we have watched is what happened against San Francisco is about to happen again against Dallas. An offensive line is going to be overwhelmed. Stafford's going to have some turnovers. He's going to get sacked. He's going to get hit a lot. Outside of Cooper Cup, there is not going to be much offense. I don't think the Rams are able to correct what happened on Monday night within a week. And they got a very similar matchup coming up against with Dallas here. Bench Matthew Stafford. I'm a huge Matthew Stafford fan. I love what Matthew Stafford does. I 100% agree with you. Sean McVay has his offense handicapped. If they're not playing his own defense, and it's not easy for them to kind of get some easy passes, there's nobody other than Cooper Cup to be man-on-man coverage in this Rams offense right now. With that offensive line that can't pass protect for shit, it's, it's going to be bad for Matthew Stafford. And if it's bad for Matthew Stafford, it's bad for the running backs because the offensive line, I, don't, I just don't expect them to move. I don't expect them to be able to move the line of scrimmage at all. I'm not playing Cam Akers if I can at all help it. Technically, I wound up having him come in at RB33. I would be looking for reasons to move him outside my top 36 coming up. But, yeah, I'm not playing Cam Akers. Definitely not playing Darrell Henderson. And I'll just throw this in there, too. You're not playing Allen Robinson. In fact, in in, in 10-man or less leagues, Allen Robinson should probably be dropped at this point. 12-man leagues, I can understand holding on to him just a little bit longer. But unless something drastically changes, there's no way he's ever going to crack your lineup. Yeah, I don't know about dropping Allen Robinson, but I 100% agree with you with the Rams running backs this week. Like, I'm not one of them could have a decent game. Dallas isn't, you know, likes out versus the running backs, but the offensive line has not blocked anybody. And the thing that just clinched it for me from for a good portion of the season where I just thought Charles was going McVay, they brought back Malcolm Brown, who got two carries inside the red zone last week. I'm um, inside the five, by the way. So if Cam Akers and Harrison are going to get red zone targets now because Malcolm Brown's back, God help us all. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Michael Gallup, I want to see him play a little bit more. You're not playing him yet, but I do like having him on your rosters. And Rondale Moore, uh, this is another guy. Look, I got a question whether or not he's even going to be a value at all this year because he can, finally comes back healthy, and then they lined him up outside. I just... I can't believe Kingsbury got an extension because I would love for him to get fired. He's not, it's not going to happen because he just got that extension, but this is just, this is just putrid, the usage. Yeah. You're not going to get any argument from here. I don't know if it was because they weren't sure if they were going to have him. So they didn't game plan for him, but it's obvious that Kingsbury hasn't game planned this entire season. And by the way, this team used to have played with pace second slowest pace in the NFL right now. Go guys got to go. It's, it's, it's horrendous right now. On that lovely note, let's get into our mailbag segment. The mail's here. If you ever want to get on the mailbag, all you got to do is hit us up on social media at Show. We'll help you out. We'll answer those questions, and I'll pick out a few of my favorite ones and put them on the show and give you guys some shout-outs. And first up, we got Lawan. Who wins this trade? Najee Harris plus Romeo Dobbs for Aaron Jones and Chris Godwin. 
Well, unless it's Dynasty, the Chris Godwin and Aaron Jones definitely wouldn't wins it in my book. How about you, Dan? Uh, yeah, it's not close. I was surprised I got this question. And I, I said to Luan, I was like, look, if you're the one trading Najee Harris and Romeo Dobbs and getting back Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin, count your lucky stars and pull the trigger. I don't, I can't believe somebody would even do that. Mason flex in PPR league, pick one, Chris Olave, Curtis Samuel, or Damian Pierce. So kind of similar to the question we had earlier. I'm still leaning towards Chris Olave. Pierce probably is a close second. I'm going Chris Olave. Curtis Samuel is probably my close second, depending on his status. Uh, he's you know he's out sick if he's not going to you know is out there. No Dotson this week has a good matchup versus Tennessee. So Samuel's another guy. I think the volume has been there most of the season. Uh, has a safe floor. And last but not least, SDO22 as Tyler Lockett or Amari Cooper in the flex this week. It is Amari Cooper for me. I expect him to have a bounce back game. He had back to back hundred yard games. He got forgotten about in week one. They corrected that. I think they're going to correct it again this week. And I just like his floor better. Yeah, Jackson did come back last week for the secondary for the Chargers. Hasn't quite been the same guy quite yet, so he can be exposed possibly. Mark Cooper has some of the upside. Tyler Lockett, though, has been very consistent the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Has a nice matchup. Um, I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. It's a nice matchup against the Saints. But... I'm, going to, I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett just because of the matchup for the Saints, but I think you're going to see a lot a lot of more on DK. I think Lockett is going to get, kind of get the beat a bit of a sure of that this week. All right. That's going to do it for the show, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. Remember, come back tomorrow night. Chris and I will be there at 10 p.m. Eastern with our DFS contest and our lineups for you guys to try to win some money off of. Also, Chaz Flaherty will be joining the show for our lock bets of the week. We'll talk about our flex fantasy challenges and our DFS contest that's for free so we can give out that Jameson Williams autographed Alabama jersey by the end of the month. So, guys, make sure you check that out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Download us on your favorite podcast app and check us out on your TV devices. Until then, we'll see you guys tomorrow night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.